like we have a slow start to these forums. Um, my name is Evan Rose, and I'm um, sort of chair of the forum committee. Uh, today, we have uh, Philo Shelton. Um, he's the director of public works in Los Alamos. And, um, of course, you're probably aware that we have a big bond coming up. And um, I'm hoping that Mr. Shelton can answer some questions about that and kind of fill us in on what's going on with that and kind of in general how the um, public works department works. <laughs> uh, if you haven't gotten one yet, there are some little brochures that Mr. Shelton brought today um, that explain what's going on with the, with the ballot. So let me tell you something about uh, Mr. Shelton. He's a registered um, professional engineer in civil engineering, uh, earned his bachelor's degree at Worcester Polytech Institute, and his master's in civil engineering from the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, certified public manager, he holds a master in public administration from University of Colorado, Denver. Uh, he joined Los Alamos County in June 2012. Uh, I actually met um, Mr. Shelton one time because we were doing interviews for a, for a higher position and he was an applicant, um, so I know a little bit about him. Um, prior to joining the county, um, he had been a public works director uh, since 20, uh, 2001 in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and Blackhawk, Colorado. Um, so let's welcome Mr. Shelton. Well, good morning. Um, Evan invited me to speak a little bit about public works first, and then I think I can go into the details of the bond project afterwards. The public works department, about oh, 18 months ago, um, got reorganized with community development and uh, added a few divisions and maybe historically brought back some divisions uh, to public works. So um, right now, uh, Public Works is in charge of all the transportation throughout the county. So uh, the divisions, are, we have our traffic and streets division that maintains all the streets, does the snow plowing, and uh, maintains the signals and street lights throughout the community. And uh, we have the transit division, obviously Atomic City Transit uh, throughout the county uh, is served. Airport division and we also do the fleet maintenance throughout the county. So we maintain basically all the uh, vehicles short of some of the heavy fire apparatus that's maintained by the laboratory. Um, and then uh, as far as the other uh, elements of public works, we have uh, facility maintenance and uh, custodial division. Uh, so the facility maintenance does all the county facilities and uh, the custodial does also a lot of the special event uh, setup at Fuller Lodge and at the new White Rock Municipal Complex. So we have lease out space uh, for community people to get together at, at those locations and special events. Uh, and then uh, we have the Environmental Services Division that does all the waste collection and recycling. And yesterday we had an Earth Day celebration and we had a table there at the peak uh, trying to promote recycling throughout the county. And uh, finally, within the uh, county municipal building is our administration division and our engineering and capital projects division. Um, so 
speaking of transportation, who's ridden Atomic City Transit? Is, and I had passed out some brochures, so it looks like a lot of people have, but I encourage you to try it. Uh, one thing with transit, doesn't mean you have to use it every day. It may be just uh, go on a transit adventure and say, can I get from A to B? And sometimes it, you'll be happy you tried it because if your car breaks down or, or something happens, you have alternatives. And um, that's what transit's there to help you have an alternative means to get where you need to go. Uh, and if you need help with that, we have a wonderful transit staff that can uh, help educate you or, or, or get you set up and learn how to ride transit. So um, we have some enhancements that are going to go uh, this next year. Uh, we're going to do some automatic stop announcements on our transit buses on the fixed route. And uh, so there'll be some uh, improvements there. Next year's budget, we're planning to add additional service on to White Rock uh, on 2T. And that, uh, I'm glad to see you're happy with that. And part of that, is we're also trying to be responsive when uh, New Mexico DOT is going to be rebuilding Trinity uh, at Central. And that's going to change some traffic patterns through town. So we're hoping to uh, give people alternatives to get around town. Uh, yes? What about Saturdays? Yes, uh, Saturdays, it, it's been a, a request uh, but current budget climate has not allowed for that. Uh, we've worked on extending the most recent transit change was doing some evening dial-a-ride from 7 to 9 p.m. And we're also working with the DWI Council uh, this next year to, to provide uh, service at, uh, during the Gordon concerts, get people safe rides home. Uh, but Saturdays, uh, we did have a little trial of that a few years ago when we had ski hill service. Um, and uh, it ran from White Rock through Los Alamos up to Ski Hill. It was not well used, so um, we've been trying to expand the service in those other areas for now. Uh, so, thank you. Um. So when you put in a new route or a change like with the Ski Hill, how, how long do you wait before you decide it's not well used? Because part of that is people learning that it's there. Right. So if you take it off before they figured it out, you would never know what the demand would be. So how yeah. long do you wait? You know, generally, transit changes, you need to get at least three months of data to see if, if there's some uh, improvements. Uh, you, you're right. It, you roll something out. But, uh, you know, I think part of the problem with that service, too, was the seasonality of the ski hill. You never know when when the snow will show up and it'll open. So that was another challenge. And so, um, but it, it is uh, something to consider down the road. Um, so uh, any other questions about transportation? I guess I can let you know that uh, this year's projects for, uh, for road construction, uh, we're working on Camino del Uva on North Mesa and Dursnia. And we're doing an a expansion of 20th Street south of Trinity uh, by the school administration building and where CenturyLink building is. And there's some vacant parcels there that we're hoping to uh, uh, sell for economic development purposes. And uh, then we're working closely with Department of Energy on the supplemental environmental uh, unit uh, 
projects, and those are going to be uh, mill and overlay on um, East Hammonds Road, parts of 502, portions of New Mexico 4, and they're going to design some intersection improvements at the truck route in uh, New Mexico 4. Uh, that project will take a couple of years to do that one, but hopefully the overlays will happen this summer. Uh, and then obviously uh, New Mexico DOTs, the Trinity uh, and Central Avenue uh, roundabout. Uh, the portions of Trinity being rebuilt are from Tewa Loop as you come into town up to Connect Street. That's why the road's rough in those areas because it's going to be rebuilt. And uh, so it's, it's been uh, just kind of patched for until we can get, get that work going. So... Um, any other questions about transportation through? Yes. Who takes care of signage? That's my crew. Is it such? Yes, the Traffic and Streets Division. Yeah, well, oh, I know this. Okay. So I always thought Los Alamos was rather poor in signage, especially at intersections whether things go left, right, whatever. And uh, I've seen a lot of people never know where to go and or what lane to be in, particularly, uh-huh. especially when the signals go out. There's nothing to, no hint. And the other thing I have often wondered, we have these 502 comes up the hill, and then there's something that goes out towards S-site. What is that, a 501 or something? I don't know. Across the bridge is 501, yeah. yes. Well, there's no, I, if there are any signs, uh, I missed them because I don't, for a stranger, how would they ever know where this goes to get to the next part? Right. There's no signs in town where the route is. And in fact, I looked up Google once, Google Maps, and they had 501 going to Baraka Mesa. Okay. So there seems to be a lack there. All right, thank you. Um, to answer your question, you are right. There's, there needs to be more wayfinding. And uh, county council just approved a contract uh, to do a wayfinding program and hired a consultant to bring people into town to expand our tourism focus for the Manhattan Project, Bandelier, and the Valles Caldera. So um, that work, is, we retained a consultant that's... Uh, just started work uh, to look into doing that. Oh, one other comment then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. The traffic direction seems to be on paint on the street, the white lines or whatever you're talking if that's sure. what you mean. However, there's plenty of times where they're not visible. Sometimes at night when it rains and all that, all are obscure. Right. And I would think some overhead signs explaining where to go and what to do, especially about the route of 502 connecting to 501, that'd be, you can't do that with paint. If the traffic is heavy, you don't see the paint either, because there's cars in the way. Sure. Uh, so I'm not too enthralled with just paint. I think that's rather weak. Okay. Um, and, you know, I can tell you that as far as our traffic and signing, we've 
follow uh, federal standards, which is the, the, un the Uniform Manual Traffic Control Devices. So that's something um, you know that dictates where you put signs and pavement markings and so forth. Um, but as far as wayfinding goes, there's you know as far as how to navigate your way around the community, that's something we're looking at doing. It may lead to additional signs and markings. Um, you know, we've introduced new markings recently with the Shero for bicycles on Central Avenue. Um, and so there's, there's new technologies coming out, and so I think there's going to be more to come on your concern. So, any other questions? Just a comment. If you're interested in traffic in the county, you can volunteer, and I encourage you to volunteer for the Transportation Board. Right. I served several years on that, and that's where you can talk about things and find solutions and improvements. So thank you. The Transportation Board meets the first Thursday of every month at 5.30 at the Municipal Building, and we always invite people. We have a public comment section. You can come right at the first part and make your comments and go, or you can stick around and listen to what we have to say. And the, uh, we introduce all the projects that we do out throughout the year um, for all transportation modes. So, any other questions about transportation? It's a it's a good topic, you know. That I encourage people to try different modes, you know, from taking a bus once in a while, or you know, like you say, driving around. Um, you might notice things. So if you do notice things. That, you know, a sign knocked down or so forth, please call in and to the Public Works Division Department and, you know, we'll get it work order generated and get things repaired. So, um, so I, I know there was some interest about the bond project, though. Um, that's probably a, the largest uh, capital project that's going to be occurring here. Uh, we have an election where the ballots are going to be mailed out May 2nd. It'll go mailed to your home, so however quick the postal service, I assume it'll show up that week. And then uh, they're due back to the county clerk on the 23rd at 7 p.m., the latest uh, that they'll collect them. Uh, so that, uh, basically there's five recreational projects that have been identified uh, that council narrowed down on December 20th. The year prior to that, we had a whole series of public meetings. Um, we had an update. Well, there's probably about 10 different projects that were considered, and they got narrowed down to these, these five projects um, through the series of, of a lot of uh, public meetings. We retained Decker Parish Sabatini as uh, a, a consultant firm that's helped the county in the past on some other projects. Uh, to do the planning, um, cost estimating, and also staff uh, projections and operation and maintenance costs. And so this pamphlet that passed out that's in the back um, has basically a feature of every uh, project that's proposed, um, what it'll cost, what's the additional operation and maintenance, and um, uh, the potential for staffing. So, um, basically, the five projects are spread from um, throughout the community, uh, starting with at the 
far west end and north side of town is golf course uh, irrigation replacement and some of the greens and tee box uh, renovations. And the irrigation system's over 30 years old right now at the golf course and having problems just keeping it working and maintained and, and, and there's a lot of, uh, given its age, a lot of breaks. Uh, it's not always uh, reliable to put water down on the golf course. It's done through reclaimed water, but there's at times when you have those breaks and those challenging days that uh, we don't get enough water on the greens. And uh, I think you noticed last summer there's some periods where things got stressed. It turned a little yellow during the heat, midsummer heat. Um, the, a new irrigation system, uh, obviously, we create a whole new main line to wrap around and tie in with the reclaimed water at, uh, system that's uh, being supported through gravity tanks. Uh, prior systems required a, a booster pump station to run it. And uh, so that needs to be kind of complemented with the new infrastructure that's brought in. We're also hoping to save um, some watering amounts, volumes of water, because the current system oversprays into some of the open areas. Um, and so getting it more focused on the area of play and uh, maybe making some adjustments to create a little more of a mountain course type uh, theme when that gets renovated. Uh, so that's, uh, and then as we come into town, uh, the next project is the Aquatic Center. And if you look on your front page, there's a list that shows a map of the projects. And it's a multi-generational pool. Um, I think in the Pass there's a, a vote that was in 2011 prior to when I joined the county. Uh, it was called a leisure pool at that time. Uh, and the name changed primarily to indicate to people it's not just for kids, it's also for every generation. Because uh, it's going to be a warm water pool where you can do hold water aerobics classes during the day when the kids are at school. It'll serve the senior population. Um, and Likewise, it'll have zero entry, so it'll allow for people that need to learn to swim a safe way to, to get in the pool gradually and learn how to swim. And that, that's a, um, obviously, uh, you, you have to go to Geneva Chavez right now in Santa Fe to, to be able to have that kind of experience where you get started at zero depths and, and go in deeper. Uh, so this... Basically, the scope of that project hasn't really changed from 2011, uh, uh, short of just updated cost estimates. Um, yes? Our current outdoor pools are really old. Mm -hmm. Is there any chance that we can get a retractable roof? Because one of um, the problems I've seen with indoor pools is the echoing, and so yeah. it'd be nice to have a summer option. Right. Is anything... I've had that request as far as the multi-gen pool. Um, thing with retractable roofs is the cost. They're pretty expensive. So um, definitely not in this budget. So any other questions on the multi-generational pool? Uh, so then the next project's on DP Road. Uh, the site identifies for a recreation center and it's at uh, A16A, 
it's the laboratory site name that they're, they're transferring the land to the county. Um, but essentially, it's across the street. Uh, it's a long site from the fire tower to Ace Hardware. If you go across the street, there's a site there that's fenced off. And that's the site for this recreation center. And inside the rec center is going to be a uh, two courts that can be divided with curtains. And you could play basketball or volleyball or other you can even do indoor soccer or other type of court activities so there'd be different ways to drop down from the ceiling um, various curtains or basketball hoops and so forth uh, to allow for multi activities within that gym space and then around it will actually be a running and walking track that you can use uh, to get out of the weather and uh, or out of the heat, you know, heat or snow, whatever it may be, when uh, the seasons are there. So, um, and then uh, joined in the middle, there'll there'll be the locker rooms, and and uh, there'll actually be some classroom space where you could hold aerobics, uh, jujitsu, other type of uh, recreational type classes. And then the last element uh, that's to the east side of that site would is proposed an uh, ice rink uh, for six months, and then the other six months it can be for indoor uh, soccer, lacrosse, whatever the, it may be uh, programmed for. It could even include flea markets or different uh, event-type activities in that space in the summer. Roller, yeah. Roller skating. Yes, the Derby Dames... Uh, would like to hold tournaments there uh, when they bring in people from out of, around the state. So, yes. So how much would the O&M cost go up uh, if it were all year ice skating? Um, I don't know that on the top of my head. Uh, we did include the O&M cost. Uh, that's, that was for six months for the whole facility, though. It's all staff, so... So will there be like monthly membership or yearly memberships or is this open to everybody to use who's in the community or how, how is that going to work? So um, right now that level of detail as far as who would operate it, I think we've had a request from the YMCA to, to operate it now. Whether council will choose that, that's yet to be determined. We basically put the O&M together for the county to operate it and you know if there's other business models to to be explored in the future i don't know what 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 will be the ultimate fate of that um, but it's anticipated to be essentially equivalent to the fees that you charge at our current ice rink facility and uh, aquatic center uh, when we looked at doing that type of entry fees and so forth It'll cover at least uh, over a third of the cost of these facilities. He had a question. I, yeah. uh, what? What about parking in that area? Sure. Uh, so it is a long site. There is parking that's going to be on both sides of the building to minimize the walking distance to the door. Uh, so, yeah. Yes, it'd be adequate park. It'd be built for adequate parking. Is the uh, what's the Pueblo Junior High gym being used for now? How's it being utilized? Uh, 
Um, we did, during this whole design process, we did explore the Pueblo complex to do a recreation center. Uh, it had a lot of uh, issues with trying to bring everything up to code, um, utility infrastructure to support that area, uh, and so forth. How about they, just the gymnasium the, itself, uh, this, final? Right now, the schools lease, it, lease out the gymnasium for... For, I think mostly to the YMCA right now, um, but they do have certain activities there. Uh, but the cost to basically demolish the buildings and then redo the site uh, and move some of the parking that was associated with the laboratory that's leasing the balance of that site uh, did not work out cost to be cost effective. The other thing that. Uh, Council, why they liked DP Road through various public comments and input was it's essentially split the difference kind of midpoint of the community. And when I say midpoint, it's, it's still downtown, but if you live out on Barranca Mesa, the distance to DP Road is almost the same as going to White Rock. So they, they kind of looked at that was a site available and about the midpoint of the community. So... Did the council consider any uh, thing such as a pay-as-you-go pay uh, on some of these uh, sure. projects? Um, <clears throat> you know, pay-as-you-go, pay I believe, works best with smaller projects. When you do a larger project, um, the cost of inflation actually... Uh, eliminates your ability to do some of these projects. We're seeing uh, the construction inflation is not 3%. It's more like 5% on various materials and labor and so forth. And so you you end up chasing a number that you don't meet in the end. So You know, um, that's kind of a spacious argument in a way, though, Philo. Uh, For instance, if you did the golf course first delayed the uh, ice rink, mm -hmm. that would make sense to me. When I was on the council, we refrigerated the ice rink, and that was supposed to meet the needs of the community. Now we're up. How much is the ice rink going to cost? Well, it's a combined project of the recreation center with the gymnasiums, running track, classroom space, and ice rink of $18 million. <clears throat> We're looking at 18 million. Right. The first thing is we could delay the ice rink. We could uh, work something with the schools to do the. Uh, Pueblo Junior High would work for a gymnasium for some of the intramural type sports. We could do the golf course with the existing funds that we have. So, I mean, you know, the bond issue. And you talk about on a $300,000 house, which is what most of us have around here, $18 a month, that's 180 That's a little over $200 a year on our existing tax base. That doesn't even include commercial buildings where people have tenants. Mm -hmm. You've got to try to pass that on to your tenants, whether you can or not, 
you know, is a, another argument, mm -hmm. Philo. But I don't want to take yeah. up too much time, but that's just hey. some of the comments I had. Sure. And those are, that's part of an election. It's going to be, you know, what, what you want out of your community and when. The only thing I wanted to follow up on the point, um, if you look at the multi-generational pool, um, and I'm just saying, I just wanted to make the point about the cost of delay of doing various projects. Uh, the projects right now estimated to be 8.6 million. If you recall back in 2011, it was 6.3 million. So the we're seeing the cost escalation of construction. That's all. The only thing I wanted to point out is sometimes, you know, now it's six million. Now we need to come up with two more million to build that project. So there's, there is some strategy to bonding for large projects just because it's, it's hard to save up $20, 18000000 million. So. The other question, I just have okay. And then there's one in the back here, too, so... How many facilities does the county operate and manage at the present time? So right now we have uh, over a half million square feet of facilities. So it, uh, How many facilities? I don't know that top of my head, I the number. I the other day, and I think there's around 33. Is there yeah. 33 buildings and counting the golf course and everything that the county's managing? Depends how you count buildings. I think it's more than that. And the reason I'll say that is a golf course, for example. We have a maintenance building, you know, and then you got your clubhouse. And there's other ancillary buildings that support it. So um, it depends how you're counting buildings. It's more than that. But um, in total, it's over a half million square feet of space. You would agree that it's an awful lot, wouldn't you, it's, yeah. it's a lot. And... You know, we, we're fortunate being a city and county because we, we can offer a lot more services than a, tip, a typical city would. Is there any place where you've got, the, got statistics to show that our current capabilities and, are overutilized such that we need, for instance, more gym space um, and, and really that we'll be able to get a return because, you know, the the operating cost is better than 10% of capital expenditure on, mm -hmm. on buildings. So, so we've got to make sure that we can get a return. And it's not clear that with all, you know, all of this, all, for all of the activities or all of the things, right. that there's actually going a, a, a large enough need sure. or desire to, to, to justify the expenditure or an overutilization of the current gym facilities, for instance. I mean, the why isn't turning people away when they you know, when they're going to play basketball sure. or whatever. The schools do, but that's because the schools are kind of a pain. So I, I'm glad you asked that question because that, that was one of the big questions I had with this, putting together this whole package. Um, on the back of this brochure, there's a website called the Los Alamos Bond Projects. And if you go in the historical, uh, we did a needs assessment report uh, that was generated by Greenplay. And he met with all the stakeholders, including the YMCA, and um, put together the needs assessment. And uh, I know one gentleman walked away, or no, you asked about ice rink and, you know, why six months? Well, that's what his need assessment said could support. Um, we didn't look at year-round ice um, for that purpose, uh, knowing that there's other 
there was other demands for that. So that report quantifies the need. Um, we're only building... We, initially, we, we were asked to build three gymnasium spaces. We're only building two because his report identified only the need for two. So I do think it's scoped appropriately, these projects, uh, to, meet, to meet the needs of this community. So in addition to the predicted need, does it also have current usage statistics for uh, things like the Aquatic Center? It, in that report, it, it looked at all the uh, usage stats, yes. So. Hi. I appreciate all the hard work that's gone into this rec bond, and I'm excited for it, especially for attracting new families. Um, I organize new employee orientation at the lab, mm -hmm. and the one thing I hear from people who are just mo moving here is affordable housing. So sure. are we any closer to attracting developers to our area to build some affordable housing for people? In the affordable housing, I think it would be good to invite Paul Landris, the community development director. He manages, uh, that's one of his divisions is affordable housing, and he's an expert in that field. I'm not personally. Uh, I work with Paul closely on supported street and infrastructure uh, for those projects, but um, they are doing some uh, home renovation loans, uh, and they're working on various programs to, but to speak in detail about it, I'm, I'm not an expert in there. But it's something that can be done. Um, I know there's, what, I have five minutes left? or So I'll just quickly go over the last two projects I didn't mention in White Rock. And uh, the, we had the splash pad uh, that's next to the um, White Rock Library. It's part of Pinion Park. Uh, essentially, it's sited in between the park and where the tennis courts are uh, that are down in White Rock. And uh, this project, I think, has been the most popular of all the rec projects proposed. Uh, and uh, essentially, it's an outdoor uh, seasonal use uh, splash pad. And uh, it's activated uh, when uh, you show up to the splash pad, you push a button, and it, the spray features will turn on. Uh, it will be recirculating water that's filtered and, and disinfected, just like a pool. And when the filter backwashes occur, uh, we're going to store that water and apply that to the landscape. Uh, so we're trying to make it as water efficient as possible. Uh, obviously, there'll be evaporation while they're playing and splashing, but it's controlled to the time of use. And then the last project's at Overlook Park, and that's to renovate a softball field on the north side of Overlook Drive and add a concession and restrooms uh, on that side of the road. Currently, kids have to cross the road during games to go to the bathroom, and that's caused some safety concerns, and uh, it's a bit of a walk, too, to, to go across the street to where the concessions is there. Uh, so that it'll basically create a tournament-level field um, and provide additional facilities for uh, people playing at that site. So that's a synopsis of the bond project. So um, any other questions? I think I've got two minutes or probably one question. Huh? 
So, um, so if, if people do come up with other questions, wh where would you direct them to? So uh, at this site, the Los Alamos Bond Projects, there's a, a, a button you can press for questions. I get them every, every day. I get questions to answer. Uh, so you can go to that site and ask your question. Um, and it was mentioned about property tax. You can actually put the value of your home in. They have a calculator, and you can find out what you, your planned uh, property tax would be. So they, there's a lot of nice features on that site uh, to get informed about what it is you're voting on. So. And then I, I think you told me, but uh, could you repeat for people where they could find more of these if you know their neighbor wants one or something like that? Um, we have these spread throughout the county at the, our recreational facilities, municipal building, um, libraries. So you should be able to find these there. Okay, thank you. I have one more question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the probability that that bond will cover 100% of all the facilities in the brochure? Cover all? As cover you, you spend all the money in your bond and, whoops, facility's only half done. No. <laughs> so um, that was the main reason. How much reason. contingency do you have? Would be right. There's contingency the built into, the, into these estimates. Uh, I feel confident we can perform what we identified here. Uh, that, um, that is the reason we retained experts to help us with the cost estimating um, that build these facilities. So. One more. When are they all finished? So that that's I get that question more often than <laughs> uh, it. You know the uh, the bond election is May twenty third. Then we have to work to sell the bonds. Uh, so we're, we're anticipating we do mostly design work uh, once the bonds are sold uh, to do that work over the next you know nine to twelve months. Uh, some projects are going to take longer than others. I anticipate like the ball fields and splash pad would go sooner. Uh, probably, you know, start those products like the splash pad has to start in the summer months, given the surfaces have to have the right temperatures to put that rubberized surface down. So, you know, that would probably be built over the summer next year and then have to. I'm not sure if we could open a little bit by the end of the summer, but it may take a little time. And projects like the golf course probably are going to take at least three years because. Uh, we're not fully closing the golf course to do irrigation. They will work on the work around the greens in segments to try to um, keep you know the, cor the course open during the renovation. But you have to have all that grow-in period. So you know that's going to definitely take a couple summer seasons to get through all those all that work. Um, recreation centers are at least a couple years as well to get those. Um, Build, well, it would be a year to build, uh, design it, and then probably about 18 months to build those. They're, they're fairly large projects. All right. Let's thank our speaker. All right. Thank you.